Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, where we learn and where we try to grow and increase our faith. Uh, today's episode, what we want to talk about is we want to talk about the Bible and mental health. The Bible and mental health. And that's really a big topic right now, and it's really been a sensitive topic in a sense for a long time now. Um, but we've seen things on the news, you know, such as, um, you know, famous celebrities, you know, that are going through. Uh, certain things with anxiety, with depression, and uh, mental health awareness, and things of that nature. Uh, but we want to see, just like with every other topic that we've discussed, and that we will discuss, what the Bible has to say about it. Because again, the Bible, um, it has everything for life and godliness. So it has everything to help us for life, and it also has everything to help us for godliness. Okay, so what we want to talk about is the Bible and mental health. So let's get started today. You know, first off, we need to begin with saying that life is full of problems. You know, for everybody, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, no matter what skin color you are, no matter where you come from, no matter your culture, life is just full of problems. And you're not the only person. I'm not the only person. And no one else before us or after us will be the last person to go through uh, certain problems that this life presents. You know, in, in Job chapter uh, 14 and verse 1, even Job says there, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You know, so life is just full of problems. And I think that's one thing that we need to understand before we begin the lesson is that just life is full of problems and we're going to go through things. There's things that are going to happen to us that maybe aren't fair, that maybe we don't like, that maybe we don't like to go through, um, but it's going to happen, right? And we also have to remember this. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 4, Satan there is described as the god of this world. And so two things we have to remember, and especially when we're talking about problems slash mental health and the Bible, that number one, life is always going to be full of problems. When you are born on this earth, you're going to be born into problems sometimes. But then also, we have to remember whose world this is. We know it's God's world. But here in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it describes as Satan is the lowercase g, God of this world. So we have to remember this is Satan's, in a sense, this is his domain. And he thrives with lives full of problems. He thrives with pain. He thrives with division. All that stuff, anxiety, fear, he thrives off. And he loves it because this is his domain. And this is what happens with us sometimes. We find ourselves with a life full of problems. And so let's talk about the definition of how the world defines mental health. <clears throat> I believe um, if I can get the right website here just so I can make sure I have the right um, reference. I believe it's um, either sane.org or mentalhealthamerica.net, I believe, uh, says this. Mental health is defined as our emotional, our psychological, and our social well-being. Mental health affects the way we think. It affects the way we feel. And it affects the way that we act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, how we relate to others, 
and how we make choices. So that's what the world's definition of mental health is. And this is from, this is recent, this is from doctors, this is from all those people who have studied this topic for so long. And now, here's how the world believes that we should help cure these problems. Well, before we even get into that, here's some things that mental health, um, kind of under the umbrella of it, the problems, okay? So there's things such as anxiety. There's things such as fear. Uh, there's things such as depression. All those things that we talk about are defined or under the umbrella of mental health, okay? Now, this is what the world thinks we should do to help cure our problems of anxiety, of depression, of fear, of all this other stuff that's under the umbrella of mental health. This is how the world describes how we should help cure our problems. Psychological therapy. A doctor or a psychoanalyst or any other health professional talks with the person about their symptoms and their concerns, and they discuss new ways of thinking about how to manage them. So number one, you go to a doctor and you go to a psychologist or a psychologist, excuse me, and you talk about all these health problems. Then number two, medication. Some people are helped by taking medication for a while. Others may need it on an ongoing basis. The doctor should explain the benefits and the possible side effects of this medicine before it's prescribed. Medical research shows that many mental illnesses are associated with changes in our brain chemistry. Medications help the brain to restore its usual chemical balance so that the symptoms are reduced or even eliminated. So first, you see a doctor. Second, you get the medication. And then number three, community or support programs. Support programs are especially important for people with recurrent symptoms or who have a psychiatric disability. This may include information, accommodation, help with finding work, training and education, rehab and mutual support groups. Understanding and acceptance by community is also very important. So that's how the world believes. And I've, I've checked multiple websites. And these are the three main things that are on the very top of the list all the time. First, you go see the doctor. Then the doctor prescribes you with some type of medication. And then after you go see the doctor and after the doctor prescribes you with medication, then you find yourself a support group of the same exact people who are doing the exact same thing you are. That's what it really boils down to here. <clears throat> now, am I saying that that can't work? No, I'm not trying to be insensitive to these people, knowing that um, they go through things. And just like all of us, all of us go through mental things. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just posing a question. Which cure would have the best chance of working? Not which cure works, but which cure has the best chance of working. In that same rotation of doing those three things, of seeing a doctor, of getting medication or new medication, and then just being a part of support programs, or like we're going to discuss today, how the Bible can help us with our mental health. Okay, now let's see what the Bible says about it. But before we get into the scripture, we need to notice one point. We have to realize, like Job talked about in Job 14, 
that man's life is full of days and full of trouble. We have to realize, yes, that's true, but also that we are responsible for every single choice that we have made and that we will make. And not only are we responsible for the choices that we make, but the consequences of those choices that we make are justified because we chose to do X, Y, or Z. So we have to realize the first step for the Bible's prescription to help with our mental health is self-responsibility and accountability. You see, just like with anything else, it is extremely, 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 extremely easy to blame other people, to blame other circumstances, to blame the circumstance you found yourself in before you made a certain choice. It's easy to blame this person or that person. It's easy to blame something or someone for why you decided to do what you decided to do. It's very easy to do that. But the hard thing to do is to sit down and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself the question, what did I do wrong? How could I have done better? Why was I in this situation? Why did I choose to do X, Y, and Z? You see, because now the problem doesn't stem from an outside source. You see, the problem stems within you. And that's what some people don't like to do is to look at themselves and say, what can I have done better? So the first thing is we have to realize that we are responsible for our choices and for our consequences, essentially, right? All right, so let's get into this. The heart in the scripture and the mind, those words are mentioned in the Bible over 1,000 times. Over 1,000 times the Bible mentions in some aspect the heart and some aspect the mind. And the heart and the mind in the scripture are interchangeable. You can use each one most of the time. And so can you really say that God is really not concerned with your mental health? I don't think we can say that. Because God is concerned because whatever you decide to do is what you're going to do. And God being omniscient and the God that he is, knowing that the mind is so important to us, would put a bunch of verses in the scripture that will help us to train this so we can do the right things, right? So, the heart and the mind are interchangeable. And here's one thing that we can do. Let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 4. And we're really going to stick with a lot of verses in Proverbs today. But the thing that's so amazing about, um, about Proverbs is it was written thousands of years ago. And it's like the Proverbs writer was literally in 2018. That's how applicable this book is. And that's how... Um, just relevant it is. And that's so amazing about the scripture that this was written thousands of years ago, but it was like he was sitting here with us today. It's amazing. But notice this is what it's described here. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Now, remember, we talked about the heart and the mind are interchangeable. So keep thy mind with all diligence diligence. Stop right there. What does that mean with all diligence? I heard a preacher once say this. If you've ever seen a firefighter, 
and you've seen a firefighter trying to uh, take a fire down out of a house, he has diligence until every single flame is out. And he will stay there until the flame and the fire is out of that house. He said, essentially, this is what this means with the mind. Keep thy mind. Your mind is your house. Keep that with all diligence. So when fear comes in, keep it with all diligence. When anxiety starts to come in your mind, keep your mind with all diligence. But with what, though? With this. This is the extinguisher. Keep it with all diligence. Well, why should I do that? Why should I keep my mind with all diligence? Let's let the Bible speak. It's its own best commentary. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Watch. For out of it. What does that it refer to? The mind. For out of it are the issues of life. Then we talk about how our life is full of problems and issues. So keeping our mind with all diligence will help us to fight the fires and the issues of life. But how are you going to take that fire out? You're going to take that fire out with worldly things? You're going to take that fire out with worldly solutions that you've tried over and over and over? Some may work for a while. But what's going to really work for the long haul? This. But here's a question that we have to pose. Do you really believe that this book right here has the power that it says it has? Let me ask that again. <clears throat> Do you really believe that the Bible has the power that it says that it has? I heard a lesson one time talking about um, talking about Paul or Saul before he was Paul. And just how evil this man was. But Paul, or Saul at the time, he really believed that the scripture could change him. I think sometimes as Christians, we really don't believe in the power of the gospel. That literally, no matter the problems that I have, or the problems that I've gone through, or the things that I've gone through, or the things that I've done in the past, we really don't truly believe with every fiber of our being that if we follow this book 100%, and that is the main course, we truly don't believe that that will really help us as we think it will. And that's so sad. The Bible has so much power. It has so much power. It's alive. It's literally alive. It's God's breath. It's literally what he's thinking. And he wants to help you. But how often are you going to talk to him and let him help? The Bible has so much power. But do you truly believe that the Bible can help you with your anxiety? Or do you need another source to help you? And then the Bible will supplement that. Do you believe that the Bible can help you with your depression? Or do you need to hear what a doctor has to say? And then the Bible will be a nice supplement. 
Or do you believe that the Bible can help you with your issues of life, but you need to see what the world says to solve it, and then the Bible will be your last resort? This should be the first thing that we go to. The Bible, the scripture, it has the power to help you. Now, do you believe that? Here's the next one. Let's continue in Proverbs. Um, Let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19, and I think I want to go to verse, uh, verse 21. And here it talks about the mind again. Remember, we're talking about the mind and the things that are going on in the mind. So here in verse 21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Remember, it's interchangeable. There's many devices in a man's mind. But watch this. Nevertheless. You know what the word nevertheless means? Whatever was said before nevertheless really doesn't matter anymore. So, the desire, or there are many devices in a man's heart. There's issues, there's anxiety, there's problems, there's fear, there's depression, there's anger, there's angst, all that stuff, plus more. There are many devices in a man's mind. But nevertheless, even though that's all there, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. Question, does that say the counsel of what this world has to say will stand? Does that say the counsel of a doctor will stand? Does that say the counsel of medication shall stand? Now, I'm not trying to be insensitive here to people that are dealing with this stuff. So let's cut that out. I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. But I'm trying to get you to think and use your mind. What can really help me for the long haul? That stuff? Or... What the Bible says, nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. It's always going to stand. Just like we said, do you believe that the Lord really can help you with what's going on in here? You believe the Lord can help you change that? I think he can. Here's a verse to help us. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this verse will really help us with this. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's read uh, verse 23. Yes, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Now, before we get there, Paul here is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he tells them certain things that they need to put off and certain things they need to put on. In order to, when you take things off, you've got to replace it with something. If you don't replace it with something, you're going to end up going right back to the old clothes. Okay, so that's what Paul is telling the church here at Ephesus. But watch this. He knows that this is this is a hard thing to do sometimes. But look at what he says in verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind. You know what that word renewed means in the text? If you look that word up, you know, when we think of the word renew, we think of, oh, it's something brand new. And that's true. And that's that's what it means in a sense here. But the word literally means to renovate. You ever seen a house before that's been renovated? Maybe it looked good at one point, 
but it needs to have some updates. Let's renovate it and make it better than it was. So Paul is telling us here with our minds that old man and that old stuff is going to try to keep on coming back into your house. And so instead of keeping that stuff there, he says, continue to renovate the mind. Well, how do I do that? How do I renovate my mind? The Bible is its own best commentary. Keep reading. Verse 24. Put on the new man, which is after God. And that man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, let me show you how to renovate Paul. Paul's the... Uh, Paul's the, the, the man there telling us what to do. He's the foreman. This is this is how you're going to renovate your house, Jordan. This is how you're going to renovate your house. This is how you renovate your mind. First off, take away that lamp of lying. Take it out. Then I want you to speak every man the truth with his, with his neighbor. Then I want you not to be angry and sin not and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Then if you're stealing, I don't want you to steal anymore. Then let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. But I want you to speak those things that are edifying. Then I don't want you to grieve the Holy Spirit. Then I want all bitterness out of this house. I want all wrath out of this house. I want all anger out of this house. I want all clamor and evil speaking out of this house. I want all malice out of this house. Now everything that the old man had, your house should be totally empty. What's your house here? The mind. The mind is your house. And so Paul is the spiritual foreman trying to help us out here. So take all that junk out of here and then be kind. Now replace that. Then be tenderhearted. Put that there. Then forgive one another. Put that there. Now he's telling you what to put in your house. The mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. You see how important that is? That's mental health right there in chapter 4. And Paul's teaching us. You see, this isn't a one-time renovation. Okay, you do all this, you're done. No. The word means renewed. Means it's continual. Because that old man and that old stuff is going to want to creep back in the house. And so you're going to have to constantly, for the rest of our lives... Replace it with something good. Replace it with something good. Replace it with something good. You see, but here's the problem with our world today. You see, to do that, you have to do that yourself. But what the world says, the world says with mental health, no, something's wrong with you. You're messed up in the head. So since you're messed up in the head, let me give you this thing that, that may or may not help you. What? Let me get you to read this book that may or may not help you. You see, that stuff may help. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I guarantee it's only going to be temporary. This is what I'm telling you. The scripture, we read it, but do you believe it? That's what it all boils down to. The scripture says, the counsel of the Lord will stand forever. What we read in Proverbs and Timothy and in Ephesians so far, do you believe that that counsel will stand or do you believe that that's not enough to help you with your problems? 
That's what it boils down to. If you don't believe that this is enough to help you with your problems, you're going to start running into the world to see what they think is wrong with you. Instead of letting God, who knows you better than anybody else, help you out. Because he's got the right counsel. Do you believe that he helps? Do you believe in his power? Or do you believe in what you can find out there? It's a question to ask yourself. Now let's go back to Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 28. Proverbs 28. And let's read, um, I think I want verse 26. Yes. And you see throughout this whole thing, we're letting the scripture be our guide and counsel. This is the best therapy session you can get with the scripture. Yes, other stuff may have good things, good tips for you, but the scripture is the best session. And let me give you this example. See these books right here? All these books right here are scriptural sound books. But they are supplements to this one. The scripture, the real thing. Now, is there anything wrong with reading these? No, nope. it can give me some good insight. It give me some good thoughts I never thought about. Nothing wrong with that. But here's where the problem is. If I start taking this as doctrine and this as the supplement, then that's the problem. See, these are meant to supplement this and not vice versa. You see, this is the scripture. This is what I should be wholly devouring. This is great material to read for sure. But this is what I should wholly be devouring. You see, and now this, this is what the world does. All oh, the scripture, it's great. But you need this. You see, they try to make this the supplement when this should be the main course. You see what I'm saying? That's just that's just a side note there, but I want to say that before I forgot that. Proverbs 28 and uh see verse 26. Uh 25 and 26. Now, here's a warning. You can go with all those supplements, all that you want. It may help you for a certain amount of time. But here's the warning that the scripture gives. Proverbs 28, um, let's start in verse 25. He that is of a proud heart, a proud what? A proud mind. You think you can find your own solution. You think someone out there who's charging you an arm and a leg for solutions can help you out more than the Bible can. So he that is of a proud mind stirs up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart or he that trusteth in his own mind, the scripture saying this, he that trusts in his own mind is a fool. A fool. You see, if the scripture says it, I can say it. We are fools if we think that you and I can figure out what's wrong with us more than God can. That's insane to think that. God knows you better than anybody else. It's like this. 
God created us all, right? And let's say all of us as, as humankind are here and God is here. And we have a big problem. And we need help. And God's right here as the best reference because he made us anyway, right? But this is what we do. Instead of asking him for help, we turn inward. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Why are we asking each other what we think when we should be asking God what he knows? Incredible. It's in, it's insane. We're fools. But whoso walks wisely, how are you going to walk wisely? By listening to the counsel of God. He that walketh wisely shall be delivered. You want to be delivered from those problems in here? Why don't you try this? Why don't you open up your Bible as the main course and then use everything else as supplements? Use this as the main course because he wants to help you because he loves you and he wants you to get through those things that you're going through. But if you won't let him help, he can't. So you have to let God help. And so the Bible has so much to say about mental health because he wants us to serve him. Be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. I encourage you today, if you're going through those things, keep renovating. It never stops. You're going to keep renovating this thing until you leave this earth. But don't renovate it with the supplements. Don't renovate it with what man has to say. Don't renovate it with a scripturally based book. Renovate it off the thing, the main course. That's how we renovate our minds. Now, I know that some people may not agree with this, and that's fine. It's completely fine. And I don't want to be insensitive to those people that are going through those things. But my job as a gospel preacher is to show the world, whether they like it or not, that this thing right here gives you the solutions for life and godliness. And this is everything you need. But it boils down to the question that we asked before. Do you really believe that this book has the power that it says that it has. I enjoyed studying that with you so much. That was a great study, and that was a great study for me. You know, we always need to renovate our minds, and that goes for everybody. Everybody needs to renovate their minds because we all should be looking at our own houses, not someone else's house. Renovate your mind, and may we all continue to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. If you like this, uh, put a like on this video. Also, this will be on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Also, if you like it, leave a comment. Um, also, um, we're on iTunes as well, so you can download it and download the podcast there. Um, also, again, like I said before, we're really close to being on Spotify. And so keep that effort in your prayers. Um, continue to pray for uh, myself here while I work, and I'm continuing to pray for uh, you all as well. Thank you so much.